Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. And I'm joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, long night for Indians fans on Thursday. Long night for uh, Indians reporters on Thursday as well at the ballpark. Finally getting to it uh, this morning after the Indians come away with a big 5-4 victory against the Kansas City Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Jose Ramirez and Jake Bowers coming through in the 14th inning. And the bullpen really came through. Uh, A.J. Cole gave up a run late in the 14th uh, with the bases loaded but got out of it and the Indians come away with their fourth straight win at Kauffman Stadium 10 and 4 since the break and things are looking pretty good yeah they, they played great Joe and that, that was a great game uh, last night uh, you know Cole hadn't pitched in what 10 days 9 10 days mm-hmm. and uh, came in there and was a little rusty but you know did what he had to do they had they got that uh, big insurance run in the uh top of the 14th from Bowers and uh you know that that proved to be the difference so that's a big win and because uh, Kansas City has really played uh, the Indians hard this year and uh, it was nice to see him take two out of three in Toronto and then uh, you know continue this and uh it's essential I think that you know they finish this series strong because in August the uh, schedule gets a little tougher yeah, and and we've seen some uh, some chatter back and forth from the, the the Twins fans right now who are saying, you know, look at who who the the Twins are playing. Uh, they're they're playing these marathon slugfests with the Yankees while the Indians are beating up on Toronto and Kansas City and 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 the like. Uh, you know, the, the schedule, everything even out. Well, you know, they all play the same teams this year. It's just when in the in the schedule they're playing them. Uh, it, you're right. The the month of August seems to be stacked for the Indians. There's that one 10 day stretch where they're in New York and they play the Yankees and the Mets. Those are all going to be tough games. It's you're right. Essential that the Indians take care of business now in the games that they're expected to win. Uh, they're they're finishing up this stretch of 14 games where they were playing teams with sub 500 records, and so far so good. Yeah, you couldn't ask them uh, to play much better. Uh, you know, and you can, like you said, Joe, you can only play the teams on the schedule, you know, that the schedule says you got to play. The Twins had, you know, kind of an easier go early. And, uh, you know, the Indians, this, you know, had had the tougher, you know, I think, you know, the tough, tougher schedule in the early, early in the season. Now they're, uh, you know, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. What, what, what Lou Boudreaux said it, what, a million years ago. You beat the bums and play 500 against the contenders, and you should be all right at, at the end of the season. Two guys that, that really stepped up last night and, and really are part of the reason why the Indians are on this hot streak, uh, Jose Ramirez and Nick Goody. Uh, Ramirez hit his 11th home run of the season in the top of the 14th. He had three extra base hits 
in yesterday's game. Yeah, I think it's the first time he's done that since he had like five extra base hits against Detroit last year. It, it begs the question, is Jose Ramirez back? And and we keep saying that. And, and there's never going to be one specific point, I don't think, where we can point to and say, you know, oh, he's back to the Jose Ramirez from 2017, 2018. But it's been sort of a gradual thing. And over the last, uh, you know, since since about the early part of June, Jose is looking more like Jose at the plate. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, you know, I think Joe, obviously, I think he's, he's on his way back. I, I think he's back. I think, you know, we've seen enough of it. It's been a long, a, you know, a, a long, a longer, uh, you know, a longer sample size than just a week, just three games. Uh, you know, he's done this. He's running the base as well. He's playing decent defense. Um, and uh, he's showing some power. And I think the big thing to me, Joe, is that he doesn't, he's, He's not trying to hit home runs. I mean, maybe in the 14th inning he was trying to jack it out there. But, you know, you see him hitting doubles and, and you're going down the line and, you know, just trying to make solid contact. And I think that's kind of, you know, got him going. And, uh, that, you know, that, so before he just seemed so out of whack, you know, he's swinging at everything. All you had to do was throw a fastball in the, in the area code, in his area code, and he's swinging at it. But now he looks a little more selective and, uh, you know, good for him. I mean, they need him, and uh, hopefully he just keeps getting hotter. Uh, you know, the one thing that, that I have kind of noticed is that he's getting thrown out on the bases a little more than he's, he, we're used to seeing. Uh, last night he got picked off by Montgomery, Mike Montgomery yeah. uh, early in the game. He's on second base, uh, and he just sort of uh, a brain cramp, and he, he got picked off at second base. That, that yeah, it looked like he was going, you know, he looked like he was trying to steal third and they caught him. They, they did that inside move Montgomery and, and got him. Right. And, and he's been thrown out trying to steal a couple of times. Uh, we talked to uh, Tito in his, his pregame yesterday and Tito says he's not really necessarily worried. He's, he's worried about the success rate about base stealing, but he's more concerned base running wise about going first to third. And he says he's got a whole bunch of guys on the team that can do that now. Uh, he mentioned, you know, that in years past they had Edwin and you know, guys like Yonder Alonso who, who necessarily, you know, might not might not be able to go first to third. But yeah. pretty much everybody on the roster can go first to third uh, now and, and second to home. And and that's something that Tito, you know, values as, as much as base stealing. Yeah, that was like in Toronto when Greg Allen scored from first yeah. on, on Plowicki's uh, double. That was a great play. And you know, big, big, huge play in the game, and it shows you the different speed makes. You don't have to hit the ball out of the park all the time. And as far as Nick Goody goes, uh, in his last, uh, what, four appearances, two wins and uh, two holds, he's got a 1.69 ERA, 28 strikeouts in 21 innings. This is a guy who came up in the early part of June sort of uh, corresponding with that that surge uh, on the offensive side, Nick Goody's come in and and really been you know I when he came up I, I didn't expect him to be around long. I, th- I thought once uh, you know somebody like an Otero or, or somebody got healthy that that Goody would be a guy that that you could ship out. Uh, but this is a guy who's pitching big innings and he's he's performing as well. Yeah, I think they brought him up, Joe, when when uh, they had that bullpen game when Carrasco you know, uh, went on the DL and uh, they needed a, a couple extra relievers. Goody came up and like you, I thought he'd be, you know, headed back to uh, Columbus, you know, in, in, in a matter of days, but he stuck around and, 
the key, I think, with Goody is, you know, the Indians have so many kind of uh, soft throwers, not soft throwers, but kind of pitch-to-contact relievers. They don't have strikeout guys, and this guy can strike you out. This guy can, can get a strikeout in the late innings, and you need those guys, you know, and uh, he's one of, the, you know, one of the few guys that can do that uh, in this bullpen, and uh, he's got the sinker slider, and, uh, you know, he's been really, con- really precise with it. He has struck out the side in six of his 17 appearances this season. So that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say that's, that's a pretty good and he can uh, go like two innings. Like he did last night, you know, he's not confined to that one inning or he's not a matchup guy. Right. All right. Well, moving on. We need to talk about the, uh, the situation. Let's set up the trade deadline stuff by talking about our situation uh, with this club in, in terms of the standings. Right now, they're two back of Minnesota, three games ahead of Oakland for the number one wild card spot. So they're sitting pretty for the wild card. They're in the playoffs if they start tomorrow. Uh, but there's a chance that you can, you know, keep improving. Minnesota's not going away. Nelson Cruz hit three home runs last night in a game. Uh, Minnesota's offense is is for real, and that team is going to add arms at the trade deadline. Right now, the Indians are within striking distance with 10 games left between the two teams. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't be in much better position considering the way they started the season. And, you know, what, on, on June 1st, they were maybe 10 and a half back, 11 and a half back. So they made a great run, and now they've just got to con- – you know, sustain that. Uh, hopefully they're not like a basketball team that, you know, makes that great run. They're down 15. It, it takes them 10 minutes to get back and then they run out of gas, you know? So now they've got to sustain that. They've got to make some additions at the trade deadline. And uh, I think they're out, they're looking for some offense. It'd be great. I think if they could add a hitter, if they could add another reliever, you know, I, you know, hand worries me a little bit. He seems to be getting hit harder than usual. You know, I know uh, if they could find another late-inning guy to, to ease the burden there, maybe Goody's that guy. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but uh, I think they they could use another arm in the pen. Well, and that brings up the question, if, if you do acquire somebody, you know, somebody's got to go to make room for them. And, uh, you know, we saw, like you said, A.J. Cole hadn't pitched in, in 10 days or something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, there's a candidate right there to, to be the, you know, the first guy on the on – the, on the way out if if they do bring in a guy like uh a Shane Green from from Detroit if that's an, a, a possibility although why would Detroit want to trade within the division yeah. and uh, they've had they've had a tough time dealing with the, I know they made, they made they made the Leonis Martin deal with right. the Tigers last year at the deadline but in in the past they've had a tough time dealing with Detroit Detroit doesn't want to usually doesn't want to trade in the division and and the price goes up when the, when the Indians knock on the door all right well, uh, if we're talking trade rumors, uh, you know, the number one name right out there right now is is Trevor Bauer. And whether that's because uh, there's sincere and genuine interest uh, from other teams or because people just like to throw that name out there, uh, Bauer's handled himself pretty well. He, he pitched a fantastic game in Toronto the other night. Uh, didn't get anything to show for it when Justin Smoke hit uh, a ninth inning home run off of Brand Hand. But... I mean, you're talking a guy who at this point last season was in the middle of one of the best runs of his career 
Uh, he's been so up and down this year uh, because basically the, these these trade rumors have, have been swirling since the offseason. But he's still going out there and giving you, you know, seven no-hit innings uh, against Toronto. And uh, as far as from a performance perspective, he's he's doing well. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's, I've got him at five and one with a 2.82 ERA over his last nine starts. You know, he's, he struck out 83 guys in 60 and two-third innings over, the, over that stretch. You know, this guy is doing what an ace does. And uh, the question to me, Joe, is do the Indians, do the Indians tr- one, trade him at the deadline? And then two, how do you explain that? How do you explain that to your right. fan base and, and, and the guys in the locker room? I think, I mean, a lot obviously depends on what you get back. But are they going to get major league pieces back from Bauer? I, I think they get guys, they're not getting A-ball guys back from Bauer, but I think they're going to get guys more on the edge, you know, AAA guys or guys' prospects that might be a year or six months away from the big leagues. So how do you – how do you do that when you when these guys have played so hard, put themselves in a position to contend, and then you trade your ace? I, I, I don't right. know. Uh, I don't know how that goes over. If if you trade Trevor Bauer, you you have to make another move. It, there, there's no two ways about that. If you trade Trevor Bauer, it, you like you said, you're going to get prospects or or whatnot for him, but you have to bring in another bat or make another move to to say, hey, look this wasn't a move to forget about this year. This is, this is a move to, you know, set things up for later, but we're also still trying to go. That's why there all this, all this talk about the Indians being buyers and sellers. It's, it's crazy, but it's, it's gotta be true. The other thing that I've noticed, uh, I have not seen uh, Chris Antonetti or Mike Chernoff here in Kansas city on this trip. If they were going to make uh, a big move like this, I, I would think one of the two of them would be on the trip and, and, talking to somebody at, at some point, right? Well, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know about that. I mean, those guys are buried on, they're on their phones they're on text messaging. You know, they, you don't have to travel with the team these days to make them make a move. Unless I guess maybe if you're doing it with Kansas city or one mm-hmm. of the teams you're, you're visiting, it's, it's easier to go face to face, but those guys, uh, you know, I, those guys are, those guys are going 24 seven right now, you know? So I I, I, w- I would be surprised if they were on the road. That would that would raise your antenna, I think. But I think what you said, Joe, if you trade Bauer, you know, I, I've heard you know they might they've been looking at maybe renting a starter. You know, you would I think you'd have to. You know, right. don't you have to? Because I I don't think you can count. I mean, you know, uh, you know we've they've got like what like four guys on on the comeback trail, uh, right? Uber, Salazar, Carrasco. Uh, Rodriguez and none of them are, are guarantees you know I don't think you're going to step in there and give you like six or seven innings right out of the gate and so I, I would think you'd have to so find somebody to to replace Bauer maybe you get that back right yeah. and it sends it sends a it even sends a bad message if you're going to try and replace that fifth spot with somebody from AAA now it, 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 Aaron Savali would be your your the top choice that would come to mind, but he just came back off of an injury yeah. during the all-star break. So, I mean, you know, you don't want to put that kid in that position. I don't no. think that's fair to him. You've got enough kids in positions right now. With this yeah. Team. And it, maybe, you know, I mean, Salazar, you, 
you could when he's got what maybe 10 12 more days on his rehab assignment i think yeah that's what what tito mentioned yesterday is that he's he's at about 10 we're trying to do the math on it but it's it's like trying to figure out algebra uh yeah as far as those guys are i think they're they're vague on purpose you know right and they, they can make uh that's like an accountant that you have two sets of books. I think you can, you can uh, make those numbers jump around. Well, Tito mentioned the, the phrase he used was what if he's healthy, but not ready. And that, that sort of stood out at us uh, when he said that. So, yeah. Uh, and you could extend, I mean, under certain circumstances, you know, if a guy is still hurt or something, you can extend that rehab. He could go on a second rehab. Right. You know, I've seen that done before. So, you know, that's something to, to look out for. But I was just thinking if, if, if Salazar is ready to give you two innings, maybe he can piece together something. But, mm-hmm. but right now, I think you, you've almost you, – you, you, I, I, they've come so far that it would be tough to, you know, leave an open spot in a rotation. I can't see that happening. So Trevor Bauer, Stan, uh, Sting, Stang Pat, uh, that's, that's, a, that, that's the verdict right now we, we think so far on this. I know uh, we've gone back and forth on that. I, you know, I had them traded in our last podcast, but God, the, the the way they played and and you know the way he's pitched, right? Can you get equal value for him right now? I guess maybe your your chances, you know, you, you're going to have a better chance now than at in in, in November. But you know. I, I said it in the, the offseason. It's, it's just too much. I said it in the offseason. The, the offseason was the best time to get value for him. You were never going to get better value for Trevor Bauer than, you know, in December or January. And they yeah. missed out on that. <laughs> but, again, you're, one of the things you always like to say is it takes two to tango in a trade like that. Uh, you know, it might be that there wasn't genuine interest from enough teams to, right. to get him. Uh, a couple of names really quick to throw uh, in terms of a bat. Nicholas Castellanos from Detroit, uh, Yasiel Puig from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, likelihood or chance that, that either of those guys are an, uh, Indian, in an Indian's uniform by the end of the week? Uh, you know, I, I think they prefer Castellanos than to Puig. I think Puig is – I think Puig's probably more talented, obviously. I think he's, you know, got more pop. Uh, he's a better defender, but I mean, Joe, when he would, when I was watching him in Cincinnati before the All Star break, he does some. He he's been playing. He's been playing in the big leagues for a while now, but he still does crazy stuff on the bases. Stuff you you just can't explain. And but he's immensely talented. But I think he's. I mean, Tito Tito could handle him. I don't know if the the rest of the organization could handle him. But, <laughs> Gee, the Indians could the Indians acquire a right-handed hitting outfielder who's crazy and does weird stuff on the bases that you've never seen before, but is immensely talented. So Manny Ramirez, right? <laughs> Second yeah, but, yeah, but but at least you knew what Manny. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's pretty a pretty good, good comp. Yeah, but, just saying. But, uh, but and then Castellanos, you know, we've seen him so much. You know, I. He's okay. I guess he could be, you know, depending what you have to give up. Well, you can't put him in the outfield. That's, yeah, that's the one thing. Yeah, he's not a good outfielder. He's, you know, he's a really bad outfielder, actually. And, and, you know, especially with the way this outfield is played, this outfield has played pretty good defense, you know, and uh, you got Naquin out there. You've got, uh, you know, Luplo. Uh, uh, Boy, Luplo looked good on defense last night. Yeah, he makes there a were, couple nice catches. There were a couple of balls just sitting there watching. That's a big outfield here in Kansas City, and 
a couple of balls that I thought were over his head or into the corner, and he circled under them, made some nice grabs, came in on a few. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we mentioned you mentioned Naquin. Uh, he missed a couple of games there the last, last few uh, with some right hamstring issues. Uh, Tito said he'd be in the lineup tonight which is a, a possibility, so we'll, we'll look for that. But And he had been one of the hotter hitters. Yeah. Uh, all Actually, all of the young outfielders for the Indians have been playing really well during this hot stretch. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, It's almost like you don't want to add a Castellanos to that mix just because of what you're getting out of these guys is, is what you said at the beginning of the year. You, you had to run guys like Bowers and Naquin and Luplo and Allen out there to see if they could do this. Yeah. And they're showing you they, they can. I, I just don't know. It's, they've always added guys. You know, uh, you know, look at last year who, who they added, you know, Martin and, and Hand and Simber. Then they added uh, uh, the uh, third, Josh Donaldson. Uh, you know, it's, and I think, you know, we, we've seen that from, from this front office that they, they will add when they get a shot. Now, the question is, how do they weigh this? You know, how are they looking at this? You know, because the last three years, they, they, were, they were, you know, miles ahead of everybody in the division when they added. Now they're, they're, they're you know, coming from behind. So I don't know if that changes the dynamic of what the front office is willing to spend or what, what they're willing to take on in salary. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. But a guy like Castellanos, a, a veteran guy you bring in, I think he would get charged up, mm-hmm. you know, coming from last place, from being beat down for like two or three, the last two or three years with the Tigers. I think that could, I think he, he could help that way. You know, most guys do that, that you know, kind of give you a shot in the arm. So we'd, we'll see. But I, I definitely think they'll add something. I, I do think they're going to make a move. I think uh, they'll 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 get some help. And you talk about Castellanos being a veteran. Uh, you forget he's only 27 years old. That's that's the other thing. He's been in the big league seven years, uh, but he's only 27 years old. He, he's had some injuries, but he, he could be a piece. I just I just don't know what adding him to the to the mix would do. Yeah. Uh, um, really quickly, just want to touch on uh, what we saw out of Shane Bieber on Wednesday night in Toronto. Uh, I. <laughs> I was starting to get nervous there for a little bit. I was calling you. I was going to start uh, calling you. <laughs> you know, just sitting there, the closer he got to uh, to throwing the no-hitter, the, the more nervous I was about to get. Uh, but, but things worked out. Uh, he, he gave up the, 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 um, the ground rule double to Eric Sogard and then worked out of the jam, kept the, uh, the win intact. The Indians added on in the ninth to, to sort of, you know, give him the chance to go for the complete game. Second complete game uh, of, of the season for him. Uh, didn't strike out 15 like he did against Baltimore, but still it was as impressive uh, an outing as you're going to see out of a 24-year-old. Uh, really just you, you can't say enough good things about what Shane Bieber is doing for this staff right now. Yeah, I, I liked your story, the, the, the follow story the next day when you had the stats. Uh, what, the uh, first guy since Eckersley to, to throw, uh, you know, like uh, – I forget two, you know, scores two, two complete game shutouts in the season. Yeah, and and be twenty under twenty four younger or something like that. I mean, those are. I mean, he looks. You know, it, it's it's great to see that. You know, maybe if they do trade Bauer at some point, you've got Clevenger, you've got Bieber. You know, creeping up to A status. You've got. Uh, Please, you know, you've got maybe maybe Kluber comes back. 
you know, you, you know, so, uh, you know, you've got that rotation could still be in, in, in pretty good shape, but, you know, Beaver and, 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 uh, Clevenger, the way they pitch is really encouraging. Right. As long as the two of them stay healthy, you're, you're looking at several years of, of good productive starting pitching, uh, from the two of them. Uh, Beaver talked about making adjustments early in the game said that the the Blue Jays were sitting, you know, uh, soft and slow. That he w- They were sitting on change-ups and off-speed. And so he threw some fastballs in uh, off-speed counts and was really effective. Uh, really got to credit Pluecki, uh, who, who, who worked the, the game for him uh, behind the plate. I think it was, it w- was pretty outstanding all the way around uh, the way things worked out in that game for the Indians. So, uh yeah, a lot, a lot of fun to cover that game. A lot of, a lot of smiles in the clubhouse afterwards. Yeah, I love uh, the fact that uh, <clears throat> uh, Bieber, Bieber and Plowicki were saying just how bad he was in the bullpen. They were like, it was like they were going to have to tighten your seatbelts up and, and uh, just try to, you know, kind of head fake their way through five innings. And here he throws, you know, a one hitter, and he looks, you know, pretty much unhittable. That, right. that, was, just, uh, that was just a great performance. Hey, last thing I want to mention before we get going here uh, – Major League Baseball uh, does ha- hasn't really come out and, and said uh, anything specifically about the the safety netting, uh, making it a uh, priority right now. But uh, teams are starting to look. You saw Chicago, I believe, uh, one of the first to to play a game with extended safety netting after Francisco Lindor uh, injured a, a young boy in a game on Sunday at, at Progressive Field. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I know you are a, a huge proponent of extending yeah. the netting and, and doing that. Uh, there's arguments on both sides. I think the arguments for not having the netting are, are pretty thin when they're based on, well, fan experience. Uh, but I, 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 I would like to see it happen. Uh, what's your take on it, Paul? Yeah, I'd like to see it happen tomorrow, Joe, or yesterday. I really would. I, I've seen too many people really hurt, you know, hit by foul balls and, and it just, you know, the thing that gets me, Joe, is, you know, baseball and, and all professional sports, they want to, they, they're trying to attract people to their games. But what, you know, but why put you, if you're going to do that, why put your fans in danger if they're, if they, if they're interested enough to buy a ticket and, you know, and when you have a way to protect them. And I just, you know, and I know the old school th- stuff and, you know, people are watching their cell phones or they should have safe areas where you put your kids, don't bring your kids to, to ball games if you, if you can't, you know, watch them. And, but, you know, nobody. <laughs> You're not and, checking IDs at the gate. That's, yeah. That's sure. and, and the thing is, you know, when, when somebody hits a 90 mile an hour foul ball into the stands, it doesn't matter you know, if you're watching the game or not, you're, you're, there's a great chance you're going to get hit in the head if the ball is coming right at you, or even if you've got your glove. I mean, somebody jumps in front of you, then they, they the ball ricochets off them. I, I just think it's it could take could it could solve so many you know uh, safety issues by uh, it's not going to be perfect, but and people are going to be mad if they can't get a great view of the game. But come on, I mean, the the, the view of the game is is not really impacted terribly by yeah you're looking through the netting but you're doing that from behind the home plate anyways uh Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit a 114 mile an hour rocket off of Brad Hand in the ninth inning on when Tuesday night uh you're not stepping in front of that 
If, no. if they can hit a ball that hard, they can hit it that hard into the stands, and you're not stepping in front of that. There's just no way, uh, especially without a glove, and especially if you're three years old. I, I just think it's it it's ridiculous. In in Japan, the entire stadium is covered in netting. They're all the way down both both you know baselines. I I don't see why it it, it can't be the same here. I, it yeah. just so. I feel bad for I felt terrible for Lindor. You know, I mean, he was he was really upset when after the you know Sunday last Sunday when when the ball went into the stands, he hit that little kid. You know, and, and you feel worse for the kids and their parents. And you know, I mean, just I mean, it's it just seems like such an easy solution that it should be done. You know. All right. All right. Well, the easy solution would be for the Indians to, uh, you know, wrap things up here in Kansas City, head home for a day off on Monday. Uh, looking forward to that. Paul, uh, uh, while that's all going on, who knows what the roster might look like when the uh, when the team shows up in, in Progressive Field to face Houston uh, for a, a three-game series starting Tuesday night. Yeah, you um, never know. It's, it's good. It'll be interesting. It's a fun time of the year. All right, Paul, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again uh, next time on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Thanks, Joe.